unscripted. Each episode is available to view on YouTube, so be sure to check us out. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. So often we see people judging their church, their faith community, I mean, our, our faith community, and saying, oh, it's bad because it's not helping people do these expressive individualist acts. Right. And if this were truly good, it would be doing that because they've adopted this idea of what goodness is through this world lens. Mm-hmm. And they, they struggle to say, okay, we have different ideas of what goodness is. There is an approach to goodness that is still internally consistent but that's unique to sort of a religious faith as opposed to what our pop culture is teaching us. Hello, everybody. Welcome back yet again to another Saints Unscripted episode. We're so excited today. Um, we have Christopher back with us. We've done a few episodes with him, actually. So definitely be sure to check him out. He's got a lot of really good stuff. Um, and... Fourth time. Yeah. yeah fourth time. I yeah. love being here, guys. Really? I love Saints Unscripted. I love I love your audience. I love the questions I get in the comment section mm-hmm. afterwards. I appreciate you having me. Oh again. yeah. Well, we love yeah. having you on. we we love all the insight that you have and, and it's just it's so fun to talk with you. So Thank we're you. super excited to have you back. So today we're gonna be talking about expressive individualism. And those are two Big words. Uh, and so I was actually wondering before we get into like the meat of today's discussion, yeah. I was just wondering if like, you know, for us and for our audience out there, if you could just explain exactly what is expressive individualism for us, and then we can just kind of sure. go from there. So expressive individualism uh, is a phrase that philosophers are using to try and describe what the sort of worldview is that's happening right now. So they're trying to say, okay, you know, how are we looking at the world? We look at history and we can say, oh, this period was had this kind of philosophy, this period had this philosophy. They're trying to figure out what's our philosophy now. And this is kind of a phrase they're using to try and identify what that is. Uh, and in essence, it means that what we think as a society is the most important thing, kind of what, what what our goals are, what we strive for, is to identify who we are at our psychological core. Like, who are we? Yeah. Uh, like, when we say, be yourself. Be yourself. Yeah, identify what that means as yourself. And then to express that to the world, that mm-hmm. that you actualize this kind of self that you've discovered. And, uh, and so that, yeah, that's what expressive individualism means briefly. If you're curious about it, probably the best book that's uh, right now explaining this idea is called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self by a fellow named Carl Truman. Uh, and he's kind of identified this idea. He talks about kind of how it's developed over the last 60 years and how it's impacting lots of pieces of our culture. So if, you know, the 30-second version wasn't enough for you, that's where you want to go. There you go. Yeah. yeah. I love it. So in all of the studies that you've done and all your research, um, what have you grown to feel about expressive individualism? Like, is it is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it too extreme one way or the other? Like, is it just kind of neutral? What do you think? I don't know. I... I don't know if that's the kind of the best framework for it. Okay. So, so I'm a big fan of The Wizard of Oz. Okay. A huge fan <laughs> of The Wizard of Oz. And when you watch the movie, 
you get to the Emerald City and it's just this Emerald City, right? It's made out of emeralds. You see it's the green. Exactly what it claims to be. It's exactly yeah. what it claims to be. In the books, something different happens. When Dorothy and her friends get to the Emerald City, the guy at the gate says, stop, you can't come in. I have to give you these glasses. And they put on these glasses. And the book's a little weirder than the, the film. They put on these glasses and they lock them to their heads. They cannot take these glasses off. Huh. These glasses, the lenses are green. Oh. The Emerald okay. City is not emerald at all. It's just part of the big trick of the wizard who is a fake. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, and so they think it's green. All the people in the Emerald City think it's green, but they're not really seeing reality because they're looking through these green glasses. Interesting. Yeah. And so expressive individualism is kind of like those glasses. It affects how we see everything. And since it's the worldview of today, everyone is wearing these lenses and looking at the world. What's good? What's bad? What should I do with my life? You know, what, who should I follow by kind of saying, does this align with this expressive individualism worldview? So your question is, is it good or bad? It yeah. just is. It's everywhere. It is it is. Every movie you watch, and maybe not I'm, every movie, so many thinking, movies. It's like, about, this is what it's about. It's about these characters trying to figure out who they are and making it happen. Just be yourself. Just yeah. be yourself. And all those memes and the cat posters. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what it's all about. So I guess, so, so that's not the right framework to put it in then. Um, so how about this? How does, how does expressive individualism relate to gospel principles? How does it, how do they fit? Do oh. they fit at all? Do they clash? It's a really good question. Uh, I think, you know, if we look at the broad scope of history, right, if we're looking since the Enlightenment, for example, right, we're looking at 300 years, we see more and more focus on the individual. And we recognize in good ways that society is made up of individuals and that if we want to take care of society, we need to take care of the individual person. And there's a lot of good that comes from that, right? So much of what we do as Christians is about ministering to the individual, helping individuals work out their salvation, right? Yeah. And so when we, if we get too far beyond the individual, looking at just society all the time, we can really miss that God loves each and every single person. And so this idea of expressive individualism where we care intensely about the individual is in a lot of ways really aligned with the gospel, that it's really aligned with caring about people. But it's also not the gospel, right? This is not a philosophy that's kind of a Christian philosophy springing from scripture. And so you are, you're gonna see things that are kind of inherently sort of maybe violating that. Yeah. So. Like as religious people, we say, who do I want to be? And we say, well, I'm going to look up, right? I'm going to look to a higher power. I'm going to look to religious leaders. I'm going to look to scripture. I'm going to look to my own personal revelation from God mm -hmm. to inform who I should be. And then my goal in life is to align myself with this better person. Hmm. Try to become something better yeah. that's in line with a holier vision. Expressive individualism is fundamentally not that. Yeah. It's all about, okay, who do I want to be? Well, I'm not going to look to a higher power. I'm going to look to myself. Look inside yourself, Simba. You are more than what you have become. I'm going to look inside myself and say, okay, who am I? I'm trying to find myself through myself. Now you're hearing that I think there's a little bit of muddle in, in this philosophy. Um, and then try and become that. Yeah. And, and that's fundamentally not 
uh, religious point of view. And so there is going to be some conflict. Um, but I think it would also be a mistake to try and throw it all out because there is a lot of good things about caring about the individual and the individual experience. Yeah, because like, as you were talking about it, um, like my first thought was like, there's no, there's no, no scripture anywhere that ever tells us to be ourselves. In fact, more often than not, there are scriptures that say the opposite. Deny like, yourself. Deny yourself, yeah. you know, forget yourself and, uh, and like put off, you know, the natural man. It's what they call mm -hmm. it. Wouldn't that, and that would be like yourself, you know, so you try to like right. get rid of, you know, certain elements of yourself. But then to your point, uh, there's a lot of parts of you that are inherently good that yep. you should be embracing that are part of your identity and will help you serve other people and love other people and yep. project that outward to help. So that's really interesting. Yeah. All right. So um, since we just talked about the good and bad parts of expressive individualism, uh, I just want to ask what what can we do to like help avoid the pitfalls of expressive individualism? You know, I think a lot of it is about awareness. Okay. I think a lot of times we're living our life, we're kind of getting all of these ideas from a broader culture, and we're not really clear on why we believe what we believe. Okay. Uh, and so we end up sort of embracing this idea, which my guess is... I, I am, you know, I'm an expressive individualist in terms of I'm in this culture, I'm getting these ideas. You guys, I'm guessing a lot of your watchers are too, but they've probably never really thought of it in those terms before. Like they probably never stopped to think, oh, I believe these things about what it means to be a person and what the greatest good is in the world. And those are really important beliefs. And yet we've kind of got them almost passively. Um, and I think as people who are trying to be conscientious about their faith and conscientious about the way we live, it's important for us to say, stop, you know, what parts of my worldview of these core beliefs I have, am I really bringing from my faith? Which ones am I choosing to adopt? And, and then, like I said, there are the good and bad parts. You can be conscientious about where this worldview fits within in the gospel and where it doesn't and make specific choices. But because we don't recognize it as sort of this thing that's independent from the gospel and from religious living, we end up often just kind of living the gospel through the lens of expressive individualism and judging the gospel through the lens of expressive individualism. So often we see people judging their church, their faith community, I mean, our, our faith community and saying, oh, it's bad because it's not helping people do these expressive individualist acts. Right. And if this were truly good, it would be doing that because they've adopted this idea of what goodness is through this world lens. Mm -hmm. And they, they struggle to say, okay, we have different ideas of what goodness is. There is an approach to goodness that is still internally consistent, but that's unique to sort of a religious faith as opposed to what our pop culture is teaching us. And do I want to adopt this pop culture philosophy or do I want to adopt, you know, this religious tradition? Um, and if we're not conscientious of it, we can end up really struggling to reconcile our faith because we have all these ideas in our head that we don't even recognize are independent. Like we almost ascribe these ideas to ourselves. Right. I am fundamentally have these ideas and it's like, well, no, you're just thinking this because of, because this is what our culture is. That's the world you grew yeah. up in. And do you, do you want it? Do you want it? And I think that's probably the biggest key. 
I think for so many people, this idea that I said, oh, we're going to look at ourselves. They're like, well, I don't. I am trying to look to God. But because of the of these goggles that they're wearing, they see God as almost the ultimate expressive individualist. That yeah. what God wants more than anything is for you to figure out who you are and express it to the world. So mm -hmm. does he? And well, I don't think so. Um, and, and so I think they end up ultimately sort of still expressing themselves, but trying to say, oh, this is religion because I'm seeing God, you know, I've created God after this pop culture philosophy image. And so I believe what God wants is this, you know, is for me to do it. And do I think God wants it? Um, in a lot of ways, yeah, absolutely. You know, God does want us to express our talents. This is a huge theme in the New Testament, finding what we're good at and making a difference in the world. And that aligns a lot with it. But God also is a God of, of commandments. And uh, and God is a God of identity, right? Like, who are we in a Christian worldview? We are children of God. And what do we do? We keep the commandments and we repent when we don't. And we try to become more like him. And that's something that, in a lot of ways, doesn't comport with expressive individualism, because in this view, who you want to be would be prioritized over what some institution, you know, religious tradition says you should be. And so, so is God an expressive individualist? I don't think so. I think some of the things expressive individualism taught us helps us do some of the things God has asked us to do. But I do think there's some real, um, real incompatibility there that people who are now living in this culture, wearing these lenses, probably want to be aware of if they're trying to live a, a life of faith. That's so interesting. Because yeah. as you're talking, I'm like, I'm like, I see this in myself a lot. You know, yeah. like I've, I've, uh, I've totally been there. You know, like I've looked at certain parts of the gospel that I was like, that's not really compatible with it. And, you know, and it's like this idea mm. that like, this is right, this is good. Right. And you see this conflict and I don't even step back out of myself enough to realize like that this is a worldview that's, changed and shifted over centuries of time. And this is just yeah. happens to be our worldview today. Yeah. yeah, we kind of think, oh, this is it. This is, and it's 60 years old. I mean, this idea has only been around for 60 years. And then we just treat it like it has to be the truth because right. it's the waters we're right. swimming in. So how can we do better at that? How can we do better at, you know, yeah, finding that, that Christian worldview and differentiating from the well i think you modeled it literally on camera right now right you're like oh i'm listening to this i'm learning about what this worldview is and i'm thinking oh i've done this right i have applied this worldview to my understanding of the gospel and now i imagine you're asking yourself do i want to do that am i comfortable with that conclusion is this a worldview that i want to keep as i'm trying to wrestle and understand with the gospel and my guess is in some ways the answer will be yes but it'll probably be a yes a lot less than it would have been if you hadn't asked yourself that question, because otherwise you would have just done it without ever thinking. And, and then as we're moving forward, you're going to start identifying it. You said you already were looking at movies. Every movie you're going to watch from now on, you're going to be like, oh yeah, here it is. They're <laughs> trying to teach me, they're going to teach me this moral and this moral is through this world lens. And so as I'm kind of identifying, oh, what does this moral mean to me? How do I want to let this movie affect me? It's going to change how you interact with, with the pop culture. As you see kind of these slogans like, be yourself or you be you, uh, or things like this, you're gonna be like, oh, this slogan, which sounds really pithy and sounds really meaningful, is just an embodiment of this pervasive worldview we have. Do I want that? Do I really want to me be me or not? 
And I think one of the reasons why we hear the prophets tell us over and over and over again, read your scriptures every day, is because we're getting this culture every day. And the only way to really say, how does this comport with the gospel, is to be getting the gospel every day in a form that's a lot more uh, pure, that's a lot more, you know, straight from the source, which is what the scriptures are. And then we can kind of be wrestling with that idea. That is really cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for thank you. educating us. Uh, <laughs> calling us all to repentance. Well, I yeah. certainly didn't do that. Um, one other source I'll give you at the end, a fellow named Jeff Thane. Uh, he's a philosopher. Uh, he just did a presentation called The Water We Swim In, which I kind of referenced a little bit earlier, cool. where he talks a lot about expressive individualism and how it impacts a lot of other pieces of our culture. So him cool. and Carl Truman, if you're interested in learning more. Awesome. And we'll be sure to get those links down in the description, as usual. And uh, be, yes, right down there. <laughs> Beware of your worldviews and uh, read your scriptures every day. Thanks for watching. Amen. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you want to watch our videos, check us out on YouTube or shoot us a message on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter.